0: we played City away Joel Ward was designated to mark David Silva so after about, f- about five minutes I could say because it was happening in front of me I could see David Silva just looking at him like that <laughs> I just thought to myself and Wardy was like just walking around with him next thing David Silva just wanders over to the bench right and, and I followed thought him? I think that was if he just stood in front of the the, the bench, <laughs> took himself out of the game, yeah. and Wardy was stood with him, and all of a sudden, now it's ten v ten in a bigger space. Samir Nazri came into the pocket. Oh. Well my god, like pandemonium, abandoned shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to House of Football, brought to you by Sports Joe and William Hill.
2: Hello, I'm Eric Lawley, and welcome to House of Football with William Hill and Sports Joe. Delighted to say I'm joined on episode nine this week by the two tallest footballers in the world. It's Damien Delaney and it's Killian Sheridan, and I will not be getting a picture after the show with the two of them in a standing up position. So, lads, it's great to have you back on the show. How are we doing?
0: Pretty good. Yeah? Yeah, really good. Good stuff. Yourself, Killian?
2: Yeah, right? very good.
1: Yeah, How's very your rehab
2: going? Coming along well, yeah. Print. I yeah. saw your social media post there. We'll talk about that later on, <laughs> and we'll show Damien as well. See if he laughs. But um, we're going to start off this com this conversation, this p- episode with the good, bad, and the ugly. I suppose some of the good things over the weekend, uh, was the um, uh, not in Nottingham forest, and uh, they're they're safe with a game to go, and the job Steve Cooper's done there. Um, uh, uh, the women's national team will be playing their very first game in the Aviva in September against Northern Ireland in the uh, in the Nations League qualifying um but just the, the 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 relegation rumble i suppose is has been the good thing because you know going into the final day of the weekend it is the kind of only thing that's up for uh up for discussion. Um that is of course unless Manchester United bottle it against Chelsea and have to go into the Fulham game with a uh with a hyped up Mitrovic looking for revenge. <laughs> I don't want that to happen.
0: But anyway, lads, uh, I'll throw it out there, just say Nottingham Forest, uh Steve Cooper, the job he's done, Damien. Oh superb. You know, um when they got promoted back to Premier League, they were they chose to go a certain route, and that is sign. Tons and tons of players and very, very seldom does that work out because trying to get a cohesive changing room in an environment like that they've been in for the last six months, i.e. threat of relegation, not easy. And that just shows you the the magnitude of the job that Steve Cooper did to be able to control that changing room, get them all looking in the same direction because when you're not the pressure in the changing room and relegation is on the horizon, sometimes players splinter groups, players are looking elsewhere and it can be very, very hard to keep players motivated, keep them focused. But when the manager has the control over changing room, get them all singing out the same hymn sheet, so to speak, and um, he deserves an enormous amount of credit.
2: He really does. Have you, have you watched the, the the Forest
0: save save themselves?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, the press. Like Damien at the start, I was kind of surprised at the amount of signings they were making and how much they were spending. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, in the end, it's paid off for them. Uh, I saw the owner kind of giving himself a pat on the back for... <laughs> Sticking with Steve Cooper, he was like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you got
0: to the stage where, like, you can only register twenty-five players, and I think they're up around thirty signings. And I'm going, "Why do you keep signing? Like, <laughs> like you can't use them. <laughs> they seem to be stockpiling players." Well, he has the, the owner, I suppose, do, does
2: deserve a little bit of credit because I think he he's a Greek lad who owns he, he has he's a major owner, major shareholder in Olympiakos, and this season they, he's sacked four managers. I'd say all those Olympiakos managers were going hey, Hang on a second. What about your man Cooper over in England? You're giving him a chance. You're not giving us a chance. Like, you know, um, the, yeah, as, as, as you correctly said, uh, Damien, managing those 25, 30 influx of new signings and moulding them into a team that um, eventually uh, survived uh, with a game to spare relegation is is, is a novel task. And, you know, to all intents and purposes, I know we've got all the big managers out there, but Steve Cooper has to be, you know, in the consideration for manager of the year, considering the job he's done.
0: Yeah, I think so. you um, should be into consideration for it. But I mean, you know, he was handed, you know, an influx of players, but they were good players. Mm. They were some seriously. Now, that can work in your favour, i.e. if you get them all looking in the same direction, you got a chance. But you also a lot of egos coming with that. A lot of lads that are kind of looking round, Nottingham in January, weather's not great, lads coming from Madrid, Keilor Navas, you know, as used to a certain lifestyle. And, and like I said, when, when, when they're under the pump and, and things get tough, it's very, very easy for lads to start going, ooh, if we phone their agent, if we go down, what are my options? And once that's happening, you're in trouble. So for the manager to keep all in focus, motivated, he deserves a superb amount of credit.
2: Have you ever been in a situation uh, yourself, killing where uh, you've been in a massive squad, lots of new players in, and what the dynamic is like? Are you like? Are you looking at transfer rumours before a player is signed? Are you getting excited? Are you getting negative? Do you have your perceptions about a player coming in and, and does it upset the apple in any way? was that player. <laughs> 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 like, oh no, Killian,
1: New coming, in. <laughs> coming in from Ireland. <laughs> I was going to say no, but then when you say no, you're always the one that attained that. It's aimed at. <laughs> um, yeah, abroad, it, it happens a lot. Like, if you... I've had it before where I went over, like, at the start of a season and say, beginning of June, there's European qualifiers, the club doesn't do good, and there's just a mass panic. And then they could maybe tell like seven or eight players, right? Your surplus to requirements to bring in another seven or eight players, thinking right, that's problem fixed, um, and then just keeps carrying on. And then almost like every transfer window, they just keep repeating and just trying to like catch themselves up to yeah. to eventually have a, a successful squad.
2: Eventually, we get it right, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but like, by, by love, numbers, mad, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. So as you say, like the the European clubs that you played for in early European qualification in the likes of June and July. Yeah. And if they don't make it through those rounds, there's mass panic
1: and they get rid of the players. Yeah. So we had one in in Sofia. We got knocked out to, I think, a Latvian team uh, who were lowly seeded. We second round got knocked out and they've they done that the next day. All the fans are going mad. Next day, they've they've come in and basically said to like six or seven of the new signings who had literally signed like a month previous three-year contracts and just told them you can go find new clubs we're going to rip up your contracts um, see, this, see
0: this is the interesting thing though and this is what I wanted to Killian's thoughts on is that in the UK tightly re- regulated in terms of contracts of protected players are you know and I always had options to move abroad and I always spoke to people that were abroad and they're all like saying well you know that can happen and obviously What you options? Know, like that to go abroad and play football yeah. you know what I mean so, so like when I was m- coming into my last year my contract you know always obviously your name shows up in the list these other contracts so and you always get phone calls of agents oh okay. by the way do you want to go here there everywhere and I always kind thought myself that, that sounds great but then you speak to players that have been abroad and then it's like well you're not protected in the same way right. and those situations can occur so obviously no by the way I open to correction here and I might be way off the mark but like obviously your your thoughts on that and the way they can just rip contracts up
1: they so, yeah, like legally, they can't just rip your contract up. But a lot of it is, I think, I had a good agent mm. who had everything watertight, and mm. I knew that they wouldn't do that to me. Um, but that's where kind of like it's a different story the whole agent thing. Um, but some got some of them ended up just having to leave, um, and then the new signings they brought in. The league started maybe four or five games before the transfer window closed first of September. They got sanctioned for a previous um, transfer dealings. So all the new signings couldn't be registered to play in the league. So all the guys that they told (laughs) off you go, they've had to ask some of them that didn't leave the country or anything (laughs) to come back. And there was like 13 of us playing in the last Five or six games just before the transfer window. It was because you're there. Wow. Star, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. must yeah. been an so awful. Like that was in about <laughs> tightly regulated and over there. So you've like, better
0: protection in. in yeah, in, in absolutely. England, right? And everyone, everyone that says that the UK, presume Scotland is the same. That mm-hmm. you do have rights and you are protected in terms of if you sign a contract, it is legally binding. They can't just say well, we're not going to pay you. Oh, okay, you so that was that's like, what I was
2: going to say. When you say in terms of protection in England, if your contract is ended. Uh, early, they still have to pay the remainder of the contract. Yeah, but, but that doesn't always happen
1: around Europe and another another jurisdictions. Uh, it's not supposed to, but mm-hmm. again, I think it, it's if you have a good agent, if you're yeah, yeah. well looked after, you're you can kind of know that that you can you've got that to fall back on. Yeah. Okay,
2: um, so I, I i mentioned the uh, the, the sorry, I'm, lads, i just I'll just throw me hat out there. I'm not trying to be. Um, woke or anything like that but I'm a, I'm a big fan of the women's game now I've really gotten into the women's game over the last few years and obviously there's a, there a massive summer ahead with the the Irish uh, national team finally in a major tournament in the World Cup we had Matt Holland on a couple of weeks ago and I blamed him on uh, me spilling the point over myself at half past eight oh, in the yeah. morning because Ireland were in the World Cup against Cameroon, and it was uh, the time zone in Japan and, and South Korea at the time. Okay, I was going to ask about a, a <laughs> point at half eight in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> so they, they, they brought in special and laws. I wonder will they do the same again this year, because, you know, it's Australia, and the matches are going to be at mad times during the morning. Um, but uh, it, I think, I suppose the question I have is, do you think the the fact that the Irish women team are in the World Cup in Australia this year has the potential to have an effect that, like, Italian 90 had on football in, in Ireland as, as a whole? Do you think it will explode because of it? For, for, for young girls, yeah, yes.
0: absolutely. You know what I mean? They'll, they, <coughs> 100%, they'll be, I have a young daughter, like, you know, kids will be watching this and they'll see the media hype that's gonna go with it. The pride of, of standing and singing around a Vian in a World Cup, you know, the strength that's gonna do for the women's game is yeah. you, you, you can't, like, quantify it. It's mm-hmm. gonna be huge going to have a generation and these girls are responsible for the game in 20 years time we're going to have a generation of girls coming through and the bigger the pot you can pick from the, the, the better the improvements so these girls pretty much that squad are going to be responsible for that huge influx of players in the yeah. next 2-3 generations
2: it's brilliant any, any thoughts now yourself Yeah, do no, you watch any of
1: the women's football yourself I've caught, caught bits of it now that it's a yeah. lot more on it's on, more visible on the skies yeah. especially Um but even like anytime I'm talking to someone who's got daughters, they're they're all out mm. doing doing football. Yeah. Um it's really it's exploded. I mean, you're, you're
2: playing in the in the in the Scottish. Uh, you're playing in Scotland at the moment, Killian. And the the women's Scottish. Did you see the ending? Yeah, like the, was it, it seven minutes of injury time, and the Glasgow City went one 0 up, and that won them the league. Yeah, because Celtic were beating Hearts, and there was three teams going for the title. Yeah, there was a point yeah. separating them. Glasgow City were the one point in front of Rangers, and Celtic were in third. And and seven minutes Celtic needed a draw On that match And for them to be hearts Celtic be hearts And that match Was nil all Up to the seventh minute Of injury time And Glasgow City got a goal And
1: also the Rangers Women scored a goal That would have won Celtic The league Oh right And Celtic have Fans have heard this And all started celebrating Like it's won And it got disallowed <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Wow that, Incredible I, sure, I wonder if the Rangers Players kind of Almost happy the goal was disallowed, you know what I mean? Well, because it wouldn't
2: have helped their cause. Well but it well, would have helped Celtic's cause.
1: Yeah, but no, back to it's the the exposure and that, that it's yeah. getting is is brilliant for the for the game. Yeah. And it's also good for um to see my neighbour Leanne Kiernan coming oh, back. Oh
2: yes, of course, and she's only she's only back from injury, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. So she she, 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 she with Liverpool. Yeah, so hopefully yeah.
1: she makes it for the for the World Cup. Yeah, so yeah. Well.
2: She came back there last week. Their last game now was against Man United on the last day of the season. That uh, women's uh, WSL in England is up for grabs as well. As Chelsea will win it though. They're playing Reading, who are almost relegated. Um, lads, uh, I suppose another good thing I suppose is uh, Sam Allardyce when he came into the Premier League to try and save Leeds, mm. he he said that he would love to take it to the last day. To all intents and purposes, he has okay because you know they're still in with the show. If if the results go their way, they will survive. And there was a classic bit of Sam Allardyce at the weekend. He dropped a fiver. he picked her up, and he gave it to the fourth official. And he had a big laugh and all that. And I think that just you know it just it just just gives you it gives you a little insight as to what Big Sam's all about. Doesn't take himself too seriously. He's a real character in the game, and I think we need more of them. So. Um, if you're a uh, if you're a football fan I think uh, it would be great if Leeds survive so we see some more, some more of Sam at the expense Maladies. of Everton at the expense of Everton yeah 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 I mean that's that's it's just it's amazing that Leicester, Everton and um, who was it? Leicester, Everton Leeds. and Leeds are the three teams
0: are two of those three teams are going to go down Le- Leicester would be the, the biggest Houdini act ever because I think we were all writing them off months ago and they t- I just looked at the table the other night after the Newcastle game and I went Hang on a second, how have, they, how have they got there? You know, they just seem to have just clawed their way into it. Um, but I think, you know, the odds are stacked against Leeds. You know, Everton, you know, would surely a draw will do them. They yeah. probably will get it. I think Sal be disappointed with his impact at Leeds. Okay. You know, no win, yeah. one draw. Uh, that result on the weekend just gone. West Ham and you're poor, Huge yeah. Huge opportunity for them. That's one, like, OK, you open with Man City, going to be difficult. But, you know, they lost 2-1, had a credible performance. You know, we could have nicked something out of it. Then they got a draw. Newcastle. Which was, yeah, yeah, which was, which was decent. Then mm-hmm. you kind of go, no oh, that's okay. And then West Ham was the one. You know, that's the one that would have been pinned up saying, we win that, we're good. And yeah. then they lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing to suggest that they're going to, to to get a result on the weekend. Even if they do, it's out of their hands. So I think it's, it's, it's um, Everton really look the team they'll get a
2: draw The Bournemouth at home and you would expect them to win yeah. but you know um, you mentioned uh, uh, Leeds there their last home game is against Spores which brings me into the bad section of the good, bad and the ugly they've had enough leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> move on man no maths no it's over it's over <laughs> <laughs> they're, <dead> playing, already. <laughs> they're playing spurs. they're playing Spores they're playing Spores right so if ever you want to play a team in your last game of the season with a win Surely Spurs are that team because I mean we're nearly actually going to call this section the good, the Spurs and the ugly because Spurs always appear oh, in the bad bullying section. Note, it's bullying now, <laughs> bullying. <this process. laughs> leave. Him, he's already dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but um, like, what's going on at Spurs, lads, and, and what do they need to do to to fix it? You know, if you're a Spurs fan, you must be so frustrated.
1: I I tipped them to like be Man City's nearest challengers at the start of the season. Wow, I was. I I think was think we all did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so sure of them. I was like Conte, you'll have a full. Oh, okay. He's got to know his squad. Mm-hmm. He was. I was thinking like made some good signings, and I was like, I fancy them as dark yeah. horses. And then I realized, like you said, like everyone fancied them. I was like, oh, they're actually not the dark horses at all. Everyone, yeah, was, everyone yeah, was saying the yeah. same thing.
0: Damien, um, like they was, they were, they were going all right up until the Conte interview in, in Southampton. You yeah. know, they were still w- comfortably top four as well. You know, they were in, mm-hmm. in the Champions League places. Things were going, okay, okay, they were on a bad run and then a couple of mixed results. But you kind of always felt that he'd spin it round and they'd get moving again and comfortably, comfortably finishing the top four, you know? And then that, so Hampton's interview came where he just like laid it all bare. And <laughs> changed everything, And that it? was just like, wow. And then he went, and I think the club were so unprepared for that. I think yeah. Levy was just sitting in his office going, oh my God, they were caught in the hop. Because yeah. they were just, they had no plan then. And they just went into panic mode, you know. Then they went, well, we don't want to sack him, but we have to sack him. And if we sack him, where do we go? And then they went, look, let's just, you know, keep the status quo. We're in a good place. Put the the assistant in the chairs. We'll, we'll 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 work it out. We'll get Champions League. But then just the wheels came off, and it has <laughs> steadily just got worse and worse and worse. And now they've put themselves in a position where. Can they get Conference League? That's their. That's what yeah, I think get. I think
2: they can just about get Conference League, but um, they're, they're facing the mighty leads at Ellen Road, so not, I don't fancy their chances. Um, another another bit of the bad lads is um, I suppose I always come and Daniel always slag me about this. I always come from a Man United angle, and last night the reports emerging that they've been linked with a move for Neymar. Um, whatever about the man's ability is uh, is the voice of figure. Um, and. The fact that they've even been linked with him smacks to me of what they've been doing wrong the whole last few years. It's another marquee signing for the sake of it. Um, it, it When I saw the rumor, I was like, "Oh my god!" Is Ed Woodward got his job back? You know, um, Neymar to United discuss,
0: Damien. It stinks Man United, doesn't it? It's just right up their street, you know, if it happened. I couldn't I have phrased it, a better name, it stinks of Man United. As soon right. as I saw it, I went, to classic United. <laughs> you know, that is just them, you know, it's a big name, Alexis Sanchez type signing where you're kind of going like, but you know, his best years behind him, he's a disruptive influence, he will keep the, the profile of the club as high as what it is and that's what Manchester United are, 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 are primarily about until this tight takeover goes through. You know, they have a share price to worry about and you know, Signing unheralded players from the French league um, doesn't quite cut it for Man United, you know. And then molding them, building them, schooling them into the, the top players um, doesn't and Being like Brighton or something, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Whereas now they just think, well, we have a share price and we, we you know, we need to sign, sell you know, jerseys, yeah. all the, all the, 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 the trappings that come with a, with a Neymar. Um, it's right up their street. So look, again, this takeover has to go through, and I'm pretty sure if the takeover goes through. You know they might be under pressure for time in terms of getting a sporting director in place and then having a coherent plan because it'll be quite late. I don't know what the latest on the takeover is when it does have to be completed by. I'd like to think that the the Qataris it looks like them at the moment. Am I yeah. right? Saying like you'd like to think that they've got wheels spinning in the background. You know they're preparing for the day that the the line the, the 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 signatures on the line and they can just go bang and the plan is in place. Whereas if they get the keys to Man United and they go, right, let's have a look around, you know, it could be another couple of years by the time they unravel it. Yeah, a scattergun approach.
2: You played against Neymar, uh, Killian. Is he, did you notice during the game when you played against him, was he annoying, as he appears to be, to the general sporting public? (laughs)
1: Yeah. No, it wasn't something I was thinking on the pitch at the time, like, fuck, you're an an annoying (laughs) prick. (laughs) um, The thing that, the weird thing that surprised me about him was, like, He's almost gangly. Right. Like he looks kind of small and... I don't know, I always thought he was like a small kind of petite player mm-hmm. with like gangly legs that he just keeps such good control of it where it looks like it's kind of always out of control playing Wiry. against it. Yeah, yeah. it's so weird. It's so <laughs> like yeah. For such like a a silky technical player, he he did look like that. Like mm. his feet were just like long and kind of fucking all over the place. Yeah. It was... He's, he's,
2: he's been frustrating us but there was a moment that I remember watching the World Cup where he, he scored the goal against Croatia and it was a brilliant goal and I said to my brother at the time I says that's what he's capable of and that's what's so frustrating about him you know that he doesn't maybe apply himself as much as maybe even players of lesser talent to, yeah. he hasn't maximised his talent is what I'm trying to say I'd
1: love I'd love if he came over for United and just ripped it up I'd, right. just, I'd love that I'd, yeah. I'd, I don't like, know I like the fact that he's kind of like He's like a villain in football. That yeah. kind of appeals to me where I like to him to do well, like against it all.
0: Yeah. A maverick, so to speak. But, I think it, I think it's like, what is his age now? He's injury, 31, I think. His injury record, like obviously the rumours of what happened in France, his, his, his excursions,
1: his nightlife, you know. I, I and think and then he be, be missing for a month, gone back for his birthday a, every year. Yeah, we an atrocious, <laughs> an atrocious <laughs> signing. He away. would wi- he would wind up so many people oh. in England. Would you get the end product? Like I
0: I, I would live with all the carry on that we're talking about. If you're getting end product out of right, him, right, but I think the end product is diminishing, diminished. You know, with the injury record and you look at his numbers in France. Like he went from La Liga to League A, and now he's come back to the Premier League. There's nothing would look at him and go, he's capable of ripping it up. Yeah, in know, moments absolutely because he's a top class player. But in terms of like putting United on his back and going right, we're going back to the promised land. Mm. Not sure he's a guy.
2: And it's uh, it's apparently Casemiro who's trying to convince him that it's a good move. But uh, I I am not so sure myself. Um the the next section, section we, we want to talk about, lads. I suppose like we touched on it there, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the bad, like Manchester City now, they've sealed the title again. Um they've ripped it up, they've won their last what 12 games in a row. They've been sensational. Um the the league as a whole, is it in danger of becoming a farmer's league, so to speak. Killian, I'll throw that to you.
1: Uh, no I don't think so I think the, the other part of it is If Man City keep winning Or one team keeps winning it The other side of it is When different teams keep winning it It will then become It's a bad league It's right. a bad standard Oh let's find So that's
2: In terms of competition though Because I mean This was the argument What people are saying is that They've won 4 out of 5 7 out of 12 I think it is And when we When we look at other leagues Like in, in, in Germany Like you say Bayern Munich They're the only winners. Um, We look at Spain. It's a two-horse race all the time. France, it's PSG. Is the Premier League in danger of becoming like those leagues, that there's only one winner all the time? It's Man City. They're too good for everyone.
1: I think it depends how long Pep stays there. Right. So he's the key ingredient. Yeah, I think when he leaves, it will change. Um, I also don't really, like, I'd rather to just enjoy and celebrate how good they actually are. Like, they're... Like nothing you've, you've mm. we've seen before, really.
2: Farmers' League,
0: absolutely not. No.
1: <laughs> Jesus, no. Um, Don't sit in the fence. Then, they've got lo- um,
0: Man City. have got the house in order. Yes, they've spent the money, but they've spent it well. They spent it wisely. They spend it in the right areas. They're now in a position where they're offloading players. Their net spend has come right down. So they're you know they're producing young players. Yes, they're signing big stars, but Haaland was only fifty million quid. Chelsea spent money. Liverpool can't get the house in order. Man United can't seem to figure themselves out. Arsenal, I think, going to make a run the next couple of years. I'm not saying they're going to like beat Manchester City. Manchester City's setting the standard, and it's up to the rest of them to catch it. And it's not like you, you look at the Bundesliga, you know, Bayern Munich take players off Dortmund. Yeah. Right? Like Man City won't take players off Liverpool, right? That yeah. that's not going to happen, right? So that's why the Bundesliga is a joke. Because Bayern Munich run up not a joke, but you know, um a Farmers League. Joke was unfair there. But like in, in, you know, Bayern Munich win the league, and then they look around and they go, Who are the best players in the Bundesliga? We'll take all them, please, right? So that's when so you're, you're weakening going to go, your opponents. Exactly, okay. and you're going to yeah. go, That's silly. Whereas, like, Man City don't win and, t- and go, Oh, well, we'll take um, all the best players from, like, you know, Newcastle are going to be a force. Dan Ashworth in charge there. They're going to spend the money wisely, 100%. So having money is key, but if you look at the amount of money Manchester United have spent in the last five years versus what Man City have spent, and then you look at the net spends. You know, yeah, it is. City it's, are doing
2: pretty good. Damien, uh, I mean, you played against Pep's Man City uh, in, in a different time of Pep's era, uh, tenureship as the manager of Manchester City. How have they evolved from the team that you faced over the of the last few seasons?
0: Um oh, They have evolved. I mean, you know, what I mean, their style of play is totally different. You know, like when 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 you played against City before, remember there was Sane and Sterling used mm-hmm. to stay wide and make those internal runs. And the ball will come back to point and it hit it. But those wipers always come inside. Now the wipers stay wide. And then obviously the inverted fullback. I come in and midfield. now the inverted centre-back with John Stones. So he's absolutely evolved. You know what I mean? His mind is always spinning with things. But they sign good players and he manages them well. He motivates them and he gets them doing what they want to do. Signing players is difficult. But very rarely now do you see City getting it wrong. You know, they're sold on sanity, they're sold on Sterling. You know, they're generating money. That's the impressive thing about them. So off the field, in the background, on the sporting director side, you know, they, they've got that right. People will laugh at them and say they've got no history or heritage or not, a, you know, but that takes time to build. What I, find, what I find strange now is I walk around Cork, right? I see young wear wearing Man City shirts. Yeah. That's the generation that's coming through. So the five out of seven or whatever, was it five out of seven? Five out of seven. So the last seven years, kids from seven years of age are now 16. So like in 20 years time, people will have the affection for Man City that like they had for Liverpool because it's a success, right? So it's a generation of kids coming through. Yes, we all look at it and go plastic club or whatever. Yeah. You know, plastic club, a bit harsh as well. But, you know, they're bought success. But like the generations coming through, the city fans in Ireland, absolutely. Yeah, they're the they've, they've big force. Like yeah. I
2: remember, like growing up, all the all the uh, all the older kids used to follow the likes of Chelsea and Leeds because they were the big teams of the seventies at the time. Like you there know. You but just going back to that city team, uh, Damien, um, you, as he said, he came up with them a couple of times. Who were the players who stood out for you in that team that you played against? them mean, oh my God, he's a son player.
0: David Silva was the best. David Silva, yeah. David Silva was like the best football player, like. He was just outrageously good. Like he would just drift off into like little areas and you know, just silky on the ball. And like you, you know, one lesson you learn with people that are very quick is like yo, as a centre back, I was trying to read the eyes of the midfield player. Where are they looking? Where was their last look? Can I start edging there to give myself a yard or two? Oh my God, don't do that with him, because you will edge and he'll just whip it back on the other side. Like so the no-look pass, That that's was that was the toughest one as a centre back because you had to hold and then just wait for the pass to react and react to do it. Once you react, then you're late because you're getting there and it's already under control. He's already running at you. So, like, you can't. So he was, he was class. He he was was, a, was
1: it different when, before playing against him to playing against him? Like, did you realise how good he was until you played against him?
0: I always knew the highlight reel stuff, but it was the other stuff they did yeah. off the ball. Their selflessness of how they would sacrifice themselves in the game to not have a good game, they would drift Start off. Team ethos. Oh, it was incredible! Like, yeah. so they would say, you know, if they're getting man marked, they just drift off into areas and go, it's "Fine, someone else will come into my pocket now and do it." They're not going to have a good game, but they wanted. They didn't have this attitude of like, you know, I'll tell you a funny story. Right, we played City away, and um, de- Joel Ward, who's still playing for a thing, was was designated to mark. David Silva, right? Man mark him because he was the best player so we had like a shape like 4-4-1 four, four, and he was just basically so Wardy was our most athletic best player. So after about five minutes I could say because it was happening in front of me because he David Silva just looking at him like that. <laughs> I just to myself and Wardy was like just walking around with him. Next thing David Silva just wanders over to the bench, right? Have and I thought them? I thought he was going over to have like a, a chat and, um, and uh, Wardy followed him anyway like, David Silva just stood in front of the, the, the bench <laughs> took himself out of the game yeah. and Wardy was stood with him and all of a sudden now it's 10v10 10 10 in a bigger space Samir Nazri came into the pocket oh. well my god like pandemonium abandoned ship <laughs> <laughs> the plan we were working on like you know David Silva's base like going he knew 10v10 10 10 in a bigger space. I have another guy that'll come in there, no problem. He stood there for about a minute and a half. See worried, wow. looking at the gaffer going, what will I do? And he <laughs> went, Just hang on. <laughs> that <was> just <laughs> That's, that there, like, <laughs> That's just know, was high something. football IQ, isn't it? really? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just, you know, I mean, smart players, but like so stuff like that, their work ethic, like, mm. you know, th- yes, they're silky players, but my God, like they counter press when they lose the ball, they they drop back into spaces, they really form part of the 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 team. It's not a case of give the ball, do the highlight reel stuff it, and then switch off. So, Kilma, was the torn to you? You played against that Barcelona team uh, in Champions League.
2: Um, was there any, or indeed, across your career, who's the best player you've ever come up against, or that you saw in the
1: flesh? I and mean, oh my God, he—he's better than I thought he was. I—I I used to always say Messi and Ronaldo because it sounded good, of course. But like as a striker, I'm not really going up against yeah either of those. And it was the the Barcelona team the, that I noticed the PK it was the whole back four. And any time, they've obviously known about it, any time they'd press us high up, so if our full-back got it or winger got it, and as soon as they turned back and played it backwards, they'd just all squeeze up together. And, you're and I'm, stand, I'm just stood there, not waiting for it, just stood there offside. And they know as soon as they press that ball going back that one of our players is just going to, we're not going to pass it around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going to hit it long. I'm just stood there offside and for like they get possession
0: back.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, straight away. To yeah. You, get back onside. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> Trying. <it."> yeah. That <laughs> was um, <laughs> that was like when I realised the the difference in elite level. In, in, yeah. 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 Um, but uh, like
2: so like, obviously you say Ronaldo and Messi are the two best players. Are there any other players that maybe caught you by surprise that you
1: didn't think in terms of technical ability and skill and, um, and attacking wise? <sighs> I mean all the obvious ones, but PSG. I got made a fool of by Lucas Moura. There's the there man. was, a, it was one of the. It went not viral, but it was a clip where it's shown his skill, and I'm the idiot trying to try and defend him <laughs> out in the <laughs> wing. I've, I came on. I came on left midfield, not even as a winger or a striker. Left oh, midfield at with, halftime
2: with the super team.
1: Yeah, I get away against PSG. Wow, and I was like. Tracking back, trying to help, and I'm just like fucking <laughs> all over the place. It
2: was and he had it in circles, like he had it in, in, in a dizzy spell kind of thing. Like? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. right. Was, right. Lucas Mora, like he's uh, another player, well, he's leaving Spores now, but uh, another player of fantastic ability, famous for his hat trick for uh, for Spurs in the Champions League semi final. That's probably his, his biggest moment, um, and then his last big. Con- his last do big don't do it, Eric. Don't go back. <laughs> <laughs> We've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it moving. Dude, I've hated him ever since. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas Murray, yeah, yeah. Delighted to see you going back to Brazil. Um, the ugly, I suppose, now, lads, we'll, we'll touch on it briefly. Um, uh, the, the individual in case because it's 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 such a harrowing thing. Vinicius Jr., uh. One of the big, biggest and best players in the world uh, was, was was subjected to disgusting racism in Valencia or in the La Liga over the weekend. Um, and then the subsequent, after shocks that have happened around Spanish football, the La Liga presence denying that there's, there's racism in La Liga. The president of the Spanish FA coming out and saying, yes, there is a problem with racism in La Liga. And we have the protocol as well, where they say, you know, uh, when an incident like that happens, you discuss it with the player. An announcement is made over the tannoy and then uh, if it happens again, the players are taken off the pitch. And if then it happens a third time, the match is abandoned. But a lot of the players are saying now there should be just one step. As soon as it happens, the match is abandoned. Where, do you, where would you feel about all that, Damien?
0: Yeah, look, it's clear that, 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 that there is an issue in, in, in Spain. Um, and hopefully this is the, 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 the trigger that springs people into action. For stuff like that. And if a player feels the only way it's going to change is if a player walks off and you take away the product. If you you know, if so Vinicius walked off the other night and refused to come back on, all his Madrid teammates would have done the same. Yeah, Courtois right? said he would have done the same. And they all would yeah. have walked off and then all of a sudden, yes, Real Madrid would have been fine, they would have been probably docked points. But again, it's a talking issue now, like and the product of La Liga is under threat if Real Madrid, a club of their stature, start doing that. But it's the only thing that's going to change attitudes, it's the only thing that's going to make clubs like Valencia step in, because it's their fans so they need to start issuing bans lifetime bans to their fans and they need to start maybe educating that it's not acceptable um but hopefully this is the the the, the turning point that yeah. it becomes an issue that's highlighted and it's dealt with killing you you've, you've played all around europe
2: um as a proud irish man have you ever experienced hostility racism at all in, uh, in in grounds like you know obviously there's countries where it's a bigger problem than in other countries but have you ever experienced anything like that in your career
1: uh, I've saw it, yeah. I've saw You've it happen seen it, you, yeah, toward, yeah. towards other players, um, and I mean, they'll give, they'll get. There might be a stadium ban and stuff like that, but it's a similar thing to to Spain or where it hap- when it happens anywhere else. It's the punishment doesn't match up with what's happening. It's not a deterrent, yeah. And then even if if they're saying like for players to walk off, which they should. They end up then getting punished, mm. where a team can can lose points or lose the game because of it. Yeah. So the the player who's getting harassed and and getting racist yeah towards themselves, the is punished. Ends right? up being punished. So I think the, the punishments are all out of sync and and don't match up to to what needs to be done.
0: But until that's happening in Spain, it'll be spoken about and people will be saying, "Oh, we have a problem. It's not a big problem. But you know, we'll deal with it." Like until the product is threatened. Fans won't grasp at the the, the the size of the issue.
2: Yeah. So uh, yeah. So th- then it will become an issue, an issue of self policing, almost like if you if you're standing beside a beside sort fella mm. who's in the ground issuing you know racist mm. abuse to a player, and you know potentially the match could be shut down, you're more inclined to tell him to sh- fuck mm. up or you know yeah. put him in a chokehold, like <laughs> Um We're gonna sorry. I want to move back to, to City lads. Uh, the they, and, and they've been brilliant, and I think. There's been era-defining performances from teams over the years, and you look at what City did to Real Madrid in the second leg at the Etihad there, and it was like the most complete performance that I've seen from a football team in a long time, and it pains me to say that. Um, but is, is is the whole City project, is it tarnished? Will it always be tarnished with the fact that these 115 charges have been levelled at them by the, by the Premier League of financial irregularities? Um, and is it something that players in the game... Uh, and I know City have appealed it. Is it something that the players in the game are like, is it something they think of? Is it does it come into the equation or does it come into the chit-chat in the dressing room at all?
0: Um, I would have thought so, to be honest with you. I think a lot of Premier League owners might be upset. Other Premier League owners that, you know, City. But when you look at the City project, to go from what they were to what they are now, you know, it's not a, an organic, um, self-sustaining thing. They had to chuck so much money at it and of course they had to bre- breach re- regulations to catapult themselves from where they were into the upper echelons of European football and obviously they bent the rules skirted rules misinterpreted rules but I think now that they're there just to go back to my previous point at the top of the show they are becoming self-sustaining you now because they are producing youth team players but it takes time to get all that through mm-hmm. Um But so they obviously Skirted the rules, shall we say, to yeah. so get myself yeah. in trouble <laughs> to get to the point that they're at. Um, but you look at the current team now and how much it costs, how much it put together, and like I said, their net spend over the last five years. But to, to make up from where they were to where they are, of course, rules had to be broken. Now whether or not they're going to retrospectively go on back and get them, or whether everyone will just say, "Look, you're no bad of the elite. Just you know, we'll get on with it." I'm not sure. Um, it'd be very hard to comment without seeing it, really. Is that something that players in, your, in dressing
2: rooms that you shared would talk about, like, you know, say the financial cloud? Say, for instance, uh, to give you an, an, um, an example, Everton uh, are going into the final day of the season um, and they just need a point against Bournemouth to, 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 to ensure their survival. But then Everton have these FFP uh, charges against them as well. If you're a member of the other team that loses its place in the Premier League because Everton have stayed up, are you feeling bitter? Are you or is it just something that just doesn't come into the everyday conversation with a football player?
1: Bitter is probably the word. Yes, yeah. it's more like it's you're not complaining really out of the love of fairness. OK, you're you're complaining because you want to stay up i i think it's yeah. not so it's not
2: an ethical thing so to speak no. yeah
1: football no <laughs> <laughs> i love that Killian. it's um, <laughs> not and like even yeah, man, man city <laughs> even man city like yeah let them let them it's look at the football they bring
0: yeah yeah it's, yeah but it's happened before or? it has Sheffield United and West Ham, Mascherano and Tevez. That's right. Right, I've and that, ru- that that rumbled on because I knew players that were involved because a lot of those Sheffield United players, you know, lost money because they got relegated. They, they their wages have they lost bonuses, they lost future earnings, and a lot of them sued. Maybe is right, yeah. maybe not the right yeah. word, but argued it, it, civil action or whatever, something yeah. like that. Yeah. I think they won. I remember hearing wow. stories that they all got paid. You know, they they yeah. argued a case and they settled, and they said, "Yeah, you're right." as in quickly like you know West Ham stayed up and it cost you guys personally money and a lot of them got huge settlements like really big settlements Um, but obviously that kind of went under the radar but that rumbled on for years afterwards I remember speaking to people that like were part of that suit you know Marstallano and Tevez were clearly signed on a legal legal basis so I mean you know you can say Man City are, are breaking rules but West Ham did it Previously, and I'm pretty sure every club has skirted rules at one point yeah. or another, but obviously 115 is hard to get away I said, from. <laughs> <If there's> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. If there's any Leeds Leicester players <laughs> listening, I'm
2: sure you're planning your legal lawsuit already against Everton for this season. I um, don't know if you
1: notice Man City now have started maybe to double their sponsorship income. They've they've got like big double advertising hoardings. Yeah, yeah, Do you see yeah, that around I the stadium. Oh, I didn't around know the that. F- no. Yeah, they're set at a at a. At a oh
2: point. right, so you can see two two yeah, sets. Yeah. Oh right, that is oh man, I i them off
1: the hook. <laughs> the...
2: <laughs> Football of the future, you just won't see any fans. We just all advertising hoardings. Yeah. Oh, that's depressing. Um, Newcastle, um, Damien, uh, your, your 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 childhood club that you supported. Um, they're back in the Champions League again. Eddie Howe. Like we wax lyrical there away, about what an amazing job he's done, and he has done an amazing job. But it, it surprised me recently when I heard about the total amount of money. I thought Newcastle didn't really spend, but they have spent. Mm. They spent big money on Botman, on uh, on Isaac, and mm. uh, and Gumares, and a few other players. Um, and no, he's he, they haven't been like superstar signings, but they have spent a lot of money. So does that even tarnish that achievement by Newcastle? Boy.
0: But you finished third with like not signing anyone. They signed players, but they spent wisely and they spent correctly. They've brought in like Guimara's. But they've spent a lot is what I'm saying. What's wrong with so now nobody can spend any money. No, no, no. Like you want to go down the road of like everyone gets fifty quid at the summer, and that's <laughs> <it>. like, <laughs> I gotta start up a communist league. <laughs> <know>? <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But no, but they,
0: they spend money of course they did. Yeah. But yeah. they finished third for a reason, like even Trippier coming in, like an incredible signing. But the, what I like about what Newcastle did is they spent it so wisely. Yeah. The only one they really blew the the the, the bank on was Isaac, right? Yeah. That was a, that was a big one, and he came in, but even he scored incredible goals. But you still look at, at Newcastle United. They're going to spend reasonably big as well, but they were on about like not doing what Man City did and signing a Rubinho. Yes, you yeah, know what I mean, and yeah, just be like yeah. this is us, and all that, yeah, right? yeah. So yeah. they just yeah. went, no, we're going to like take our time. I'd say Newcastle are three years ahead of where they probably thought they were going to be.
2: I was looking at the, the, the before the match last night, they were talking to the Newcastle fans. A lot of the Newcastle fans were saying they were would being really happy with a top 10 finish mm. this season. So it just shows that maybe they have. Over- I, I
0: think so. I think they've massively overachieved. And I think that now the club are probably in the background going, OK, Champions League football, we're obviously bringing a different calibre player with different budget because of the financial fair play. Their income is going to be huge. Yeah. So they can, you know, so, but Dan Ashworth is, is the key man there that they got in. That's the best signing that they'll have made. Who was that? Dan Ashworth, the director he, of football. Oh, okay, right, right. Like Where did the, he come from? Brighton. So they nicked him out of, um, out of Brighton, but he, by oh, all wow. accounts, is like, he's the one that started the whole Brighton. Right, yeah. okay. So he's the one now that is like going to keep the reins on this and keep the car on the road because it'd be quite easy for this thing to go like off the rails altogether. And I think he's the one now that'll have a serious... By all accounts, everyone I speak to, I was with a guy last night who works at Newcastle and they said like, unbelievable like really? incredible man like so just like even better times coming to his idea, <laughs> His ideas on like signings and he won't get bullied he's experienced you know so um I think he's their best signing plus mm.
1: even after like as soon as the, the money came in they weren't going and, and being ripped off by clubs and, exactly. and they knew like well yeah. all these clubs know we've got money we're not just going to go and yeah. Pay over the top, and they walked because away we have the deals it. Yeah. in there
0: Because yeah. they just went, we're not going to get bullied. Like where's a lot of teams where we thought, oh, on maybe we get twenty. Yeah, you dollars. hear about this Manchester United
2: yeah. tax? that When Manchester United come in, they add an extra twenty percent to the on themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm very laughs> <funny>. 80 <laughs> we'll give you hundred. <laughs> yeah. Killian, um, uh, obviously the 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 success at Newcastle is down to their clever investment, their 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 clever purchasing strategy. But how much of the success is down to? The assistant manager, Jason Tindall. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the Ferrari around him, have you?
1: Yeah. And the, the, um, <laughs> yeah. One of my friends pointed it out like about a month before it all, before it became cool. Okay, right. And uh, he goes, he, he's well, maybe watching the game and he was like, that really annoys me. He's just always on camera there smiling. And then, like a month later, I saw it all kind of blow up.
2: Yeah, and there's a there's a Twitter account and all created about yeah, it. Um, yeah, it's just a funny it's a funny side now to expose to the the Newcastle story that's evolved this weekend. Have you seen it yourself, Damien? Yeah, I have, yeah. And I, t-
0: asked, I asked my friend who works at Newcastle. I said, "What's the crap there?" And they went, "They love it, the players." Oh, it's really? <laughs> yeah. Such a theme of banter, no, like. But he's apparently such a great fella. Okay. That, like, he's taking it on the chin and he's, like, playing up to it. You know what I mean? And, no, it's a thing in the changing room where the lads are, like, posting things on the (laughs) wall. But by all accounts, he's such a great character. Okay. That, like, you know... Yeah. No, listen, I don't know why he does it or if it is a thing. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, apparently he's gone down the storm in the changing room. Ah, brilliant. It's, like, a real, like... Laugh. It's helped with the unity, then, absolutely. I suppose. Well, you know? I look, yeah. I mean, look, it's, 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 it, it, he obviously gets ridiculed for it, but he takes it really well and he like plays on it as well. Like, so
1: it helps that they're doing well. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. yeah,
2: he certainly doesn't hide anyway, that's for sure. Uh, it's despite all that. Have you ever played uh, wait, 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 under a character or with characters that try to hog the limelight, so to speak? I know Jason Tyndall isn't obviously deliberately hogging the hi- limelight already. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm giving him free reign here. I think he's, I think he's uh, being misunderstood. Have you ever played under a character? No, not, as,
0: not, not really, to be honest with you. I mean, the manager is obviously the biggest personality, but Eddie Howe doesn't strike you as like a, a dominant character, if you know mm. what I mean. Quietly he's spoken, isn't he? Very soft, yeah. kind of spoken. Maybe he does need a, a big guy next to him, a big personality next to him. Um, but ultimately, they're winning games of football. The players are having fun with it. It's a non-issue
2: man. No, nah, no
0: one no one sticks out in my mind, so.
2: Um Killian, you're you you've come to the end of uh, a season with Dundee. You've been obviously injured um with the Achilles. It's and you're he's you're he's champions of uh, promoted to the uh, to to the Premier is it the premiership or Premier, or League. The Premier, Premier League. The Premier League in Scotland. Um we saw you holding the trophy. How does that feel? Were you delighted? Obviously we're delighted. What were the parties? What was the celebrations like?
1: Uh, celebrations were long because we, it was a Friday night game as well. Oh, brilliant. So oh, we weekend. gave a full weekend. Yeah. Lovely. Um, yeah,
2: that's when so you want to win the league on a Friday night. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the way to do it. <laughs> uh, that Sunday evening, yeah. Bollocks. Yeah. That's why we didn't want to win it earlier on. <laughs> we waited until the Friday
1: night game of the full weekend. Um, yeah, no, it was good. good way to end the season and... It was a it was a long weekend. And
2: what's your situation like now? You're out of contract with Dundee, is that
1: right? Uh, yeah. So at the minute, yeah, it okay. runs up the end of this month. So, so your
2: fabulous agent now, um, uh, Killing, is he going to spin that Has wheel? His work. <laughs> Has his work cut out from him? <laughs> 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 and is the is the desire to travel still there? Would you still consider moving to a far province of Europe to play football?
1: Yeah, not not just Europe. Oh, Europe anywhere beyond Europe okay, and beyond, yeah. yeah. The world is I'll, your um, oyster. Yeah. No, like I said before, I've. Some of the places I've been I'm I, I'm not in a position to rule out anywhere so Okay
2: have, have, has there been any offers
1: uh, well I need to get back fit first so <laughs> well, <laughs> If six, there was the six weeks down to the media report lead lead, for lead trip <laughs> desire to travel <laughs> If there was any offers for me right now I'd have to question the the person running the club Oh ah, okay yeah. right yeah. so so your first thing is to get fit demonstrate your fitness Get fit yeah hopefully hopefully a month or two Okay. Um, and then see see where I end up. A month or two, Is that not too late? You know what I mean. I no, mean, no, I, right bang in the middle of the summer. Okay, pre-season. I suppose. Yeah. hopefully so, that's the plan. So you pl-
2: you plan to be fit halfway through the summer when the transfer window's still open? That's the the target. and
1: probably August, realistically. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, but he doesn't need your he doesn't need the transfer window.
0: Yeah, contract. I'll be a free agent. Oh yeah, so like yeah. See you. Yeah, yeah. So you'll t- sign for take your time. Potenti-
2: the
1: issue is, he wants to get fit in pre-season. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah so. Potentially free agent.
2: Okay, so you wouldn't rule anywhere in the world. No. Wow. No. Okay. Never. Do you never. Have a,
1: never have. Never will.
2: Is there anywhere you'd like to play? Oh, there's loads of
1: places I'd love to play, but I've never been able to like pick and choose. Of course. Countries and leagues. Mm-hmm. Just sun. Just want some sun again. <laughs> sun. That winter there was depressing.
2: I, I say a Dundee winter is a harsh winter, is it?
1: It's a uh, yeah, Scottish winters. Yeah, I can it's, it's long and
2: dark. Uh David, how do you deal as a player with this time of year and the uncertainty over new contracts, possibly your contracts coming to an end? How does how do players deal with that uncertainty?
0: Um you just have to. Like you just, you just you suck just, it up. Like There's nothing you can do. Yeah. you just got to accept that your contract's up. You know, if you kind of get to... If you get to this stage and the club haven't renewed your deal, there's a fair chance you've known a, a, a way out that you're going to be moving on, possibly. Now, obviously, there's a, a, a chance the club can say, look, you know, extenuating circumstances. OK, we're going to keep you on. But ultimately, you'd have been planning for it, you know, in January, you could start speaking to clubs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Um, you just hope you got a good agent. You just hope you got a body of work behind you that people go, yeah, we'll take you. You just hope that your record speaks for itself, and and, and the phone will ring. Um, and that's ultimately all you can do. Have you ever been in a situation like Killing where
2: you've you've gone
0: into uh, say uh,
2: a, a, a new season without a club, but you were carrying an injury and you have to demonstrate fitness? No, never. No. I'm very
0: fortunate in my time over there. I never got to like within twelve months of my last contract, which is um, which was great to be honest. Yeah. With um, for me, so I I, I never had. Like I never played at a club that was under pressure financially, you know, where players didn't get paid or you deducted points. I was always very, very lucky. The clubs I played for were mm-hmm. always in in good shape. We always got paid, um, and my contract situation contract situation was always um, comfortable. To be honest, yeah, yeah. I suppose at the end of the day, killing if, if if something doesn't
2: materialise, now I don't doubt it will. But if it doesn't materialise, you can always go back to play. Cabin, play for for Lefty Park. What do you
1: think? I'm ready. I'm yeah? Ready. ready. Yeah. <laughs> Would you love Take that? Them? Yeah. Take them back into the Sam, Sam Maguire record. Oh yeah, they're yeah. in the Talton Cup of the moment. Talton, right? Talton, uh, Talton Cup. Let's yeah. talk about that, will we? Yes, yes. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> let's talk about the Talton Cup. But then you have another
2: another man who scored what? Two? What was it? You scored in this, an, an All Ireland semi final. Was it two goals? Yeah, we lost. Yeah, we lost to Mayo, yeah. I, I look, to the Mayo. Look straight at the It's such a GAA
0: player attitude. Yeah, but we lost. But you still scored yeah. two yeah, goals yeah, like, and a couple of yeah, points was, in a semi final. The last like, so, ever game of Gaelic football as well. Was it ever? was yeah, it your last yeah, game? The last time we ever played it. It not a bad last game. Although it was a defeat, but still on a personal level, it was at Park yeah so, um wow yeah that was um that was no, did
2: you yeah. still take a keen in interest oh absolutely yeah. yeah
0: I find G like I find I find ga hard to hard to watch but you know when, when you see the hurling that's going on at the weekend like <laughs> oh, stop. you know what I mean it's incredible yeah. like you know what I mean whereas the ga kind of have to get down to it I tell you what I enjoy watching women's Gaelic football yeah I really enjoy watching that yeah I don't know why but I uh, there was a game on once and um me they were playing and I was just like kind of going know maybe that like it's just I don't know the men's game with the blanket defense and all this carry on. You know, it, 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 you know, could take or leave it to be honest with you. But the women's was like they have a proper go a proper go and the skill level and the pitch was nice and players getting space and they were Mm -hmm. kicking points and stuff. So like, yeah it was good. I enjoyed that
1: to be honest. Yeah.
2: You still, you still uh, happy with the? Still, would you still tune into the GAA?
1: No, I'm just no, no, I'm the same. I can't watch it. You can't can't watch watch it. it. I think it's it stinks. I, I just can't watch it. Right. It's weird. So you in Ireland, so you can say it's that? <laughs> 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 I just think it's cork, weird. Yeah. It's weird watching how it's like, like a possession base. It's just weird for me. Yeah. The blanket defence and the like, uh, I went endless down, hand pass. Like, and I, went down to,
0: I took my small fella down to every Cork League game in January, like Hurling or Football. If it was okay, on a, right. in, in Party Keefe. So I went down and watched it and I you know I, I decided to watch Gaelic Football I loved it obviously didn't know what was going on but like some of the games were just like trudging off stuff like but then the hurlers came out and you're like going well, it, was, it was exciting you know yeah. so <laughs> I think if you love football you love it but I hope the game evolves past this you know stalemate yeah, slow yeah. like when I, when I when I when I see when I see Gaelic Football teams get into the 21 and then come back out re- recycle it and end up back on their own 45 back when they started ah lads like you're in the 21 surely like the art of kicking from open play you know somebody has to be able to work an angle and get a shot off under pressure there are players that can do it obviously David Clifford and and people like that you know so um, I wouldn't yeah let me stop talking yeah
2: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and uh, just one final thing I suppose Uh, great win for Cork on Friday against Lego in the League of Ireland, uh, great, Pretty good man, brilliant goal by the yeah, way, awesome goal. I yeah. saw the goal and I was like, "That's one of the finest team goals you'll yeah, see anywhere."
0: See, see Dan tweeted, Dan McDonald tweeted out the, the the other goal that was scored. Um, oh, by draw- draw it, which right. was, like, was a cracker. But I was like, cracker, but like I was there going, "Dan, you tweeted the Cork one," because <laughs> <you want?"> <laughs> the Cork one was was just as good. Like in fairness, then they moved it round and and um, and a brilliant and field and a brilliant ball Keating. by yeah. uh, Joe, Joe Brian Whitmarsh into Keating and Keating, great little finish like so. Um, yeah, look, Cork had a good win and much needed as well. Could draw had it one two. Yeah. Um. So we need to keep that gap to five points. Um. And it looks like. Um. Well, I hope that um. It's a corner turn for us.
2: And is the is the any closer to appointing a new manager? None. Really. Still up in the the, air, the, is the
0: process is still ongoing. Okay. We're still looking. Couple of things. Couple of, couple of interviews and couple of meeting people. But the people we're kind of looking for are kind of. um Maybe involved in other situations that we're waiting to to to, to un, unravel at the moment. Yeah. So, but at the moment, Liam Buckley's doing a great job. Yeah, um, vast, experienced. Um, vast experience. Yeah, vast experience. So Liam is, is is doing a good job. Got a win the other night, which would be huge for the players' confidence. Um, and a big game against Rovers coming up on the, on, on this Friday.
2: Come on, Cork. anyway. <laughs> so, so we've come to the end of House of Gaelic Football. I'm joking. We've come to the end of this week's episode of House of Football with Sports Joe and William Hill. I'd like to thank my two guests, Killing Sharon and Damien Delaney. We'll be back again next week for more football conversations. So subscribe, like, follow, tell your friends, do what's right. Thank you very much. We'll see you all again very soon.
1: You've been listening to House of Football, brought to you by Sports Joe and William Hill.